0: I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. What's really going on in the way of the big news stories? There's really only one. There are others that are of significance or import, and they are all of one kind. And they all pertain to the demise of the United States of America and the West, the so-called free nations, the democratic nations, so many of which comprise former Christendom. All of these have in common a Christian foundation. Their Christian civilization is the root denominator for them. Civilization is Christian. Absent Christianity... And jewelry before that, and I mean before that, not current jewelry, you simply don't have civilization. Civilization. You don't. But the big story, of course, overwhelming story is this monstrous satanic invasion by Russia's totalitarian, dictator-for-life president, a.k.a. president, Vladimir Putin, Russia's pharaoh. Putin has always, always, at the core, at the root, go back as far as you care to, has always relied on in addition to connections, fear. But despite the fact that there are supposedly so many other pressing stories, pressing engagements, they all pertain to this horrendous invasion of Ukraine and the capitulation by the West, not by Ukraine. Not by the people of Ukraine, but by the West, by very powerful Germany, very powerful Italy, nuclear superpowers, France, Great Britain, and of course, the United States of America, and other powers, relatively such as Canada and so forth. But utter, total capitulation. Appeasement. Oh, yes, they may say this or that. You know, the President of the United States of America may make an off-the-cuff remark (laughs) that gains quite a bit of attention. But the reality is there has been absolute abject capitulation. Why? Well, there are a number of reasons for it. One is because they are only too willing to sacrifice free democratic Ukraine. Only too willing. Let Ukraine be the sacrificial lamb. Because after all, that's all that Vladimir Putin wants. And so if we have to let him have that, so what? How many millions of people, families, loved ones? Now, if they were black Muslims, maybe we would get excited. Or if they were Arab Muslims, maybe we would, you know, feel we needed to do something, go to their defense. But white Russian Ukraines citizens, when I say white Russia, that is a term that, pertains to people in these areas, but no, they don't count. They don't rate with the powers of the West. They rate with God, but they don't rate with these outstanding, upstanding free nations of the West. The other stories that are of import, again, all pertain to the last stages of the demise of the West. The decay, the depravity, the promotion of it, of depravity, of the worst depravity, vileness, lewdness, unspeakable, unspeakable, not only exploitation, but crimes against humanity, against children. Here in the United States of America and Britain and places like that. Efforts to turn little girls into little boys, little boys into little girls. Something straight out of Hitler's Nazi Reich and Joseph Mengele. Unspeakable. Right out of Nero Caesar, almost two millennia ago. It speaks to just how hellishly, horribly, unspeakably far gone the West is. The leadership. There is not a government regime in the West that is godly, righteous, honorable, noble, truthful. Not one. Now, the regime in Israel, from the inception of the modern state of Israel, has been socialist, incredibly enough. It has been socialist. And the leaders, almost to, to a man and a woman, have been atheist or agnostic. Almost without exception. And Israel is very far gone in many respects. Terribly so. And has a million and a half Muslims. Some of whom are murderous, terrorizing Islamists. But despite that, Tiny, tiny Israel shall be the last free nation standing. And ironically, the Eastern European nations, which suffered so horrendously under Hitler's Nazi regime and under Stalin's Soviet regime and under State communist regimes. Ironically, Eastern Europe is actually the strongest bastion, is perhaps not the right word, but bastion against the evils that have corrupted, perverted, plague, and are utterly destroying the nations of the West. One possible additional reason for the capitulation of the West, besides out-and-out cowardice and immorality and private, complete, utter, total rebellion against God by the leaders of the West, all of the leaders of the West. Not something they advertise to the general public, but another possible reason, another possible factor, I should say, not exclusive, but that goes along with it, is this. Is that what is coming down the road very soon, which I've spoken of before, is the rising of ten kings who have no kingdom at present but shall receive kingdoms which they shall in turn hand over to the one referred to in the Bible as the beast, often referred to as the Antichrist and so forth. But, I've mentioned before that there has been a fateful combination for decades now that has been being worked on by the great world planners. What can be done in order to bring about worldwide regime, regime change? And I know I'm digressing from the Ten Kings, but what can be done? Well, there are any number of vehicles that can be used to claim that these problems are so extreme and of such a vast nature, touching so many nations, that it requires a worldwide coalition a worldwide solution or there shall be no solving of these problems. Things such as the biggie uh, of today and that's been going on forever and a day now, global climate change, global warming, right? But others, natural disasters, Islamist terrorism, Nuclear weapons, proliferation of nuclear weapons. So-called former bugaboo overpopulation. Pollution, which again ties in with the global climate change. Water crisis, water wars, potable water. Famine, adequate food. and worldwide pandemics, epidemics, diseases, plagues. This is the potpourri of vehicles that has been served up. But here we have the time-honored champion of war, And as has been the case with Islamist terrorism, just letting it proliferate so that it will be a much bigger problem and then it will require, you know, a global solution, so too with Putin. As I've said before, his lust for power and fame and everything else, far exceeds the borders of Ukraine. It includes Ukraine, Moldova, yes, but Georgia, the surrounding nations. He already has Belarus, right? That is, even though it's communist, it is essentially a satellite state, as it were. Certainly an ally. He uses it as his route into Ukraine and Poland and what have you. But these other nations Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia, Finland border nations. And then around about the Black Sea, in addition to Georgia and Ukraine and Moldova, Romania. Bulgaria And then on, out towards the Mediterranean, Greece, Macedonia, and so forth. And of course, if he rolls into Finland, I shouldn't say if, when, then it's on to Sweden. But Ukraine and the portion of Russia, which is positioned strategically between Poland and Lithuania, as well as Belarus, offer multiple attack points to invade Poland. And from Poland, Germany. And from Germany, Denmark, Netherlands, Belgium, France, and so forth. Now, his lusts, they far exceed Ukraine. Little did he imagine that brave Ukrainian peoples would resist his monstrous invasion so bravely, so courageously So sacrificially. Little could he imagine that. But he knew full well the West would not respond. He knew that. He is not a brave man. But he recognizes cowardice. (laughs) And he knows that in the West, that's all there is among the leaders. That is all there is. As I've said before, this invasion of Ukraine, this is just stage two. Stage one was invasion of Ukraine confined, more or less, to Crimea. And with additional power, if you will, over the Black Sea. But. This is stage two. This is not the limit. So let's, again, as I've mentioned before, look at Crimea. That is Rhineland. That is Hitler's first offensive, taking Rhineland back for Germany. As Putin claimed, Crimea is actually Russia rightfully Russia, according to him and his manipulation of history and what have you. Exactly the same as Adolf Hitler's Nazi Third Reich making its first offensive into Rhineland, seizing Rhineland and receiving no response from the West. No objections, even though it was forbidden by the Treaty of Versailles. (laughs) That monstrous excuse of a treaty that was dreamed up by the brilliant leaders of the West. He met no resistance from the West, it was a gamble. And it was so easy because there was not resistance in Rhineland and there was not resistance from the West. Now with Crimea, different story, but Putin had lots of help in Crimea in addition to that from his special forces, assassins, destroyers, what have you. But it was never going to be confined to Crimea. The Western leaders thought it was. Thought, okay, well, he can have Crimea. Just like the Western leaders said, you know, oh, well, he can have Rhineland. You know, it'll help him in the popularity polls in Germany regarding Hitler. Stage two for Adolf. Sudetenland. In former Czechoslovakia. He engaged in a massive propaganda campaign demonizing the people of Sudetenland the overwhelming majority in Sudetenland, whom supposedly were engaging in terrorism against the German populace in Sudetenland, which compelled him to invade Sudetenland to defend the German people. Exactly, precisely what Putin did with regard to Crimea, and continued on, ramped up, exacerbated, magnified, escalated for his invasion, his monstrous, murderous, assassinating, terrorist invasion of Ukraine. The leaders of the West wrung their hands, a few of them did, And they wrote it off. They wrote off Sudetenland. So what? So they signed a peace treaty, a non-aggression pact. He won't go any further. And so, step three, the rest of Czechoslovakia. And the West, the leaders of the West looked off. You know, except for Winston Churchill, they looked on. Neville Chamberlain, well, you know, it's all in the interest of world peace. We do not want to upset Adolf Hitler. We don't want to make him mad, make him angry, upset him. Who knows what he will do? So we will just appease him. And then Austria. Österreich. And then finally, Poland, which again, Hitler engaged in a massive propaganda campaign, demonizing Poland, claiming that the Polish people were committing terrorist acts against German people in Poland. All damnable lies. Liars lie. Destroyers lie. Propaganda is tool number one of communists, fascists, totalitarians, period, Islamist totalitarians. Tool number one, as it is of the Democrat Party in the United States of America, and has been for ever and a day. Claiming that the evil are good and the good are evil. That the true is false and the false is true. That fiction is fact and fact is fiction. Propaganda, evil, horrendous, monstrous, indoctrination via evil, monstrous, satanic propaganda. Propaganda. The President of the United States of America isn't concerned about Putin. He's concerned about cramming through his evil agenda, which is very easy to do because what is hard is to turn back the clock. What is hard is to roll back all the evil that has been done. What is very easy is just to further the advance of the evil. In the case of the United States of America, Canada, so-called Great Britain, less than Great Britain, the British Isles, the European continent, including, of course, Scandinavia. But this element, this ingredient, of war, Putin's invasion, not only is there this massive weight of immorality and depravity and cowardice amongst all of the leaders of the West, I would (laughs) make it An exception with regard to Israel, but it's a very qualified exception. And that is that the regard in which they differ is that there is a point beyond which they will not capitulate. As they have shown throughout the history of the modern state of Israel. But So there is this weight, this mass, (laughs) critical mass, you may say, but that would be a strange use of it, but in favor of allowing Putin to get away with this, because the worse the problem gets, the more widespread it is, the more nations it touches, the more... power there is for pulling all of these other nations together into a vast coalition. And that's the end game. Vladimir Putin, arrogant, self-worshiping, evil creature that he is, imagines that he's going to achieve some magnificent regime empire. So too Xi Jinping. But no, they're not. (laughs) And why not? Because of where they are in human history, because the very last regime, the worst regime, the biggest regime, the worldwide regime is practically on the doorsteps. Before I continue, permit me to say this. I am Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. And whatever is right and true and good and accurate in these programs is thanks to God Almighty and His Holy Son, Jesus Christ. Whatever is lacking, erring, deficient, unworthy, Inaccurate. That is due to me. That is my fault. That is on me. I am responsible for that. So again, there is the possibility. I just offer that as a possibility. It is a possibility that this factors in that the world planners, who themselves are not the official leaders, per se, of the nations, that they view Vladimir Putin's lust for power and his invasion of Ukraine as a good thing, helpful, useful, Especially insofar as he goes beyond Ukraine, includes rolling Moldova, Romania, Bulgaria, Georgia, Lithuania, Latvia, Finland, Poland, all to the good, so that then they can pull together a vast coalition. Which surrenders the last vestiges of national sovereignty to join together in a unified combine to take on Putin. It is possible that that is factoring in because that does play directly into the endgame. The ten kings, whom I have mentioned, they are described as being kings. And while it is convenient to think, well, maybe they're not really kings, maybe they're leaders, political leaders, presidents, prime ministers, and what have you, it doesn't fit, because they are described as having kingdoms and having crowns. So I am inclined to believe they are, in fact, kings. I know I know there are not monarchies out there other than parliamentary monarchies and constitutional monarchies and so forth, but again... These ten kings are not currently in place. They are off stage and they are going to be making their appearance sometime soon, en masse, together, again like a graduating class. Impossible, I know. I I know it's impossible. I mean, absolutely. Let's believe what... The leftists, the socialists, what they say is possible instead of believing God's word. By all means, let's do that. After the ten kings rise, receive their kingdoms, take power, then the beast shall arise. Speak of impossible. Where is he coming from? Who is this beast? Where is he coming from? Coming from the bottomless pit. What's a bottomless pit? I mean, you know, are we talking about a hole through the earth, all the way through the earth? And if it's all the way through the earth, wouldn't anything, anyone that's thrown into it continue right on through the earth, out into space or something? You know, I mean, it's it's beyond improbable. It's impossible. It's unimaginable. Right? How is that realistic? How can that be? Well, again, we can choose not to believe God's Word. We can choose to believe it is all just metaphors. Yes, allegories wrapped in metaphors and poetic license and what have you. Yes, we can choose to believe the lies Of he, the father of lies. Variously known. Goes by a number of names. (laughs) Multiple names. The devil, Satan, the great dragon, the old serpent, or vice versa. Allah is another popular one of Satan's names. But Lucifer and so forth. But that's coming. That is in the near future. And everything is going to be prepared for the arrival of the beast. As it is prepared for the kings who make their appearance first. Vladimir Putin, as evil as he is, as terrible as he is, as wicked as he is, as depraved as he is, Some will be, of course, tempted to think he's the beast. No, he's not. (laughs) He is not. He's terrible enough, but he's not the beast. And he's not even one of the kings. He's going to miss out. Xi Jinping's going to miss out. And these other destroyers are going to miss out. That is not to diminish their wickedness, their hatefulness, how murderous and terrible they are. But you could say they're in the wrong place at the wrong time. I mean, they just, they're up against it. They are not going to be the final ones in charge. No. But they can serve a purpose, for sure. And like the beast, and like the ten kings, they share in their absolute, unquenchable hatred of Jesus Christ and God the Father. But of course, because they serve Satan, and that is his nature, that is, permeates and pervades Satan. Are you saying there really is a devil, there really is a Satan? Yes. Yes, not just, you know, the versions that Hollywood churns out. No. I've mentioned before about dear old Nikita Khrushchev, murderous, terrible Nikita Khrushchev of the Soviet Union. And he cried out, we will bury you. Well, there's not a dime's worth of difference between dear old Nikita and Vladimir Putin when it comes to hatred and ferocity and lust for power. There may be some differences, but they don't differ there, no. No. But what of the West? The West that is afraid to death to stand up for Ukraine. You know, you would think, maybe you would, that apart from this fear of nuclear weapons, which is, of course, greatly, greatly, greatly exacerbated Due to certain United States presidents, notably Barack Hussein Obama and William Jefferson Clinton, thanks to their attempts to eliminate the nuclear arsenal in the United States of America, and they've been very successful. They, with the Democrat Party, have been very, very successful in unilaterally dismantling the nuclear weapons and weapon systems in the United States of America. The United States of America, which has kept, You could say the Soviet Union at bay, but it didn't. It just kept the Soviet Union in place, destroying all of the nations that were ceded to it, to be destroyed, including Ukraine. All of the East European nations that had suffered so terribly under Hitler's Nazi Third Reich, they were ceded to Joseph Stalin to crush them. And he did not fail to do that. But we will bury you. Joseph Stalin, he wasn't content to stay in Russia. No, not hardly. Nor is Xi Jinping content to confine Communist China to Communist China. He has added Hong Kong back, which was independent. But thanks to Great Britain, was essentially ceded back to Communist China. wasn't essentially, it was ceded back to Communist China. Thank you, Great Britain. So great. Britain's just so great, isn't it? Without going into what Great Britain and the United States of America did during World War II relative to Israel, the Jews, I know there wasn't Israel at that time. There had been, of course. (laughs) But there wasn't at that time. But what they did relative to the Jews, to the Hebrews, just monstrous. But, no sooner was World War II over than the British people in their wisdom They brought in the Socialist Party to run things. I say socialist, call it labor, call it, you know, whatever you want to call it. Leftist Socialist Party, even if not by that name. Still the same, really. (laughs) Even if it wasn't the explicit Socialist Party. Just like in the United States of America, the Democrat Party doesn't go by the name Socialist Party. But it is. And it has been forever and a day. But they immediately switched over. And so Winston Churchill, even if, and I say if, <laughs> if he had had the wisdom and strength and courage, the boldness, despite numerical superiority on the side of Russia versus Britain, not including United States of America, he could, he should have pushed, pushed back hard. But dear old Franklin Delano Roosevelt, and dear old Eleanor, oh my. Well, anyway, they, of course, (laughs) did their best (laughs) to, one, keep the United States of America out of World War II for quite a while, and then to allow Stalin to have his way. And they were, of course, succeeded by Harry S. Buckstops here Truman, who continued that, and who shamefully, disgracefully did everything in his power to see to it that the modern state of Israel would be wiped off the face of the earth as soon as it was declared a state. But he and George Marshall did not succeed, (laughs) amazingly enough. But we will bury you. That is Vladimir Putin's mantra. He's not stopping at Ukraine any more than he stopped at Ukraine's Crimea. He won't stop until he is stopped. And let's be honest about it. The West, under its current leadership, will not stop him. No matter how many nations he threatens. Not until, again, the world planners decide that's enough. <laughs> Not until that. Meanwhile, Ukraine, the people of Ukraine, are fighting magnificently like tiny Israel at the hour of its declared statehood in 1948, May of 1948. Surrounded by bloodthirsty Islamist armies armed to the teeth with state-of-the-art weaponry, tanks, air forces, Everything. Millions and millions and millions of them. Tiny, unarmed Israel. So few people, and those that there were, so many of them, were very young or elderly, were women, were girls. And almost all of them. They were all survivors of World War II. They were all survivors of the Nazi Third Reich. All of them. Meanwhile, the Islamists, they were fat and strong. They hadn't fought a war. They hadn't suffered. They hadn't been in concentration camps. And Israel defeated them by the grace of God, by the mercy of God, by the power of God, despite Harry S. Truman and George C. Marshall and the United States of America as a whole, despite Great Britain, damnably, in spite of Great Britain, in spite of the United States of America, Israel survived. Thanks to God, unfortunately, a great, great, great many of those in Israel failed to recognize that it was God that saved them and they did not save themselves. They did their part. They fought bravely, courageously, heroically, selflessly, sacrificially, exhaustingly, under terrifying assault, invasion from these exceedingly mighty concerted forces, invasion forces. But the overwhelming majority of the very small group of people that there was failed to recognize that it was God Almighty who saved them. And those who did recognized that it was God Almighty who saved them, failed to recognize the truth that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. Unimaginable, really. And all of the wars that have followed, all of the times Israel has been attacked, or has preemptively struck immediately before being murderously attacked. Each and every time, Israel has been saved by God Almighty, despite the fact that Israel overwhelmingly does not worship God. And those who ostensibly worship God amongst the Jews... Orthodox, ultra-Orthodox, Hasidim, so forth. They completely, utterly, totally reject Jesus Christ as Messiah. But God has been merciful and spared them, saved them. And as brave and courageous as the Ukraine people have been, without the weaponry that they're being attacked with, without ammunition that they're being attacked with, without the numbers, the forces that they're being attacked with, without the machinery, the aircraft, the rockets, they are fighting exceedingly bravely, courageously, valiantly, It is the nearest thing there has been to Israel of May 1948. In terms of what the Ukraine people, the Ukraine defenders are doing. In terms of what the Western leaders are doing and what Putin is doing, it is <laughs> it is just the latest sequel to Adolf Hitler's Nazi Third Reich taking Rhineland and Sudetenland and Czechoslovakia and Austria and Poland and rolling through Germany on to France, Italy, Netherlands, Denmark. They could roll through Germany with extreme speed from Poland because, of course, it was their homeland. Ostensibly, if Vladimir Putin is not stopped from rolling through Poland and such. You would think that, well, he wouldn't have as easy a time crossing Germany as Hitler's forces did, crossing from east to west. But it remains to be seen. But Putin's actions mirror Hitler's. Absolutely mirror Adolf Hitler's. Actions which, frankly, were World War II. But seizing Rhineland, invading, overthrowing Sudetenland, and then Czechoslovakia and Austria... That wasn't recognized as World War II, not until he invaded Poland. There was no resistance from the outside world, so it wasn't a world war. It was a regional conflict, right? So too here, Vladimir Putin invading Ukraine's Crimea, invading Ukraine. It's just a regional conflict. Let him have his way. He'll be satisfied with that. It's just about an oil pipeline. It's just economic. It's just political posturing. It's just whatever it is. And sacrifice the people of Ukraine to Stay at peace. <laughs> there is no peace for the wicked. And that includes not just the likes of Russian Pharaoh and his wicked invasion forces. The worst of them, the assassins and murderers and destroyers of children and babies and women and men and elderly but also no rest for the wicked, the evil leaders of the West, the cowardly, immoral, depraved leaders of the West. Pray for Ukraine. Pray for Ukraine. Pray for the people of Ukraine. And pray God stops Putin. Russia's Pharaoh. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. I'm Brad Thomas and this is After All Is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now if we choose to. Thank you.